Welcome back! I don't know, I made it spooky, to another episode of Reckless Attack, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. Thank you for tuning in once more. My name is Nathan Lurz. I am your esteemed, grung, French-accented dungeon master. So excited to be playing with you all again and playing for all of you lovely listeners once more. Thank you all for continuing to listen and all of your lovely support. But At the risk of me talking too much ahead of me talking too much in the actual session, I'd like to go around and go ahead and introduce our lovely players. Seated next to me on my left, we have dot dot dot. Hi, I'm Sophie. I play Valeska Carter, the human... No, shit, not that. (laughs) I paused in the wrong spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last week we joked that Uh, it was going to be a long pause before human, and now is a sudden realization pause (laughs) after human. The human? Uh, Yeah, just just cut in Steve's human. (laughs) Yep. So, hi, I'm Sophie. (laughs) I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain, and to my left... Hi everyone, my name is Jonathan, and I play the Grung Druid Checkers and his trusty frog pal, Mango. This episode, Checkers is going to steal a whole bunch of fruit, regardless of what anyone else says. (laughs) That's just going to happen. Making that decision right now. I'm telling you all, that's what's going to happen, and that's Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm David, and I play Kaskarin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. I'm just hanging out. And I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. My name is Sylvester Lynn, and I am played by Steve Hurwitz. <laughs> That's fun to hear, hear your name in in. It's a little voice. weird. It's a little weird. Does anyone have any clarifying questions to use the corporate lingo about what's going on, about what you've seen, about what you've experienced? So the Grung Camp... Yes. It looks like they're bedding down for the night? Yes, the vast majority. Again, a couple are still kind of kicking around. You can already see a couple who are setting up a little bit of a half-hearted watch, just a couple of ones who would be able to croak loud enough to wake up a couple of people. But for the most part, a lot of stuff is winding down because it's, well, it's probably into midnight or something like that at this point. And how long would it take us to get back to our camp? Not particularly long. So getting from the road to the luck tree that you guys discovered as you were going into the woods only was really a couple hundred feet, probably two, three hundred feet off the road. And then from there, it was probably another 500 feet from there. So we'll say a thousand in total. It is very doable. Not long at all for us to... Yeah, we could even make multiple trips and it wouldn't be that bad. I think if a couple of us bring people back and then the other couple stay here to... uh... Not it. (laughs) (laughs) Can we borrow Mango? Yes. Mango, here, boy. And Mango appears out. That's right. You sent him back, yes. as I recall, last week. Mango's head just kind of like pops over from one of the trees, looks at all of you, and then jumps forward and sort of sits in front of the group, waiting expectantly. I just love that Mango is a tree frog, so he, his head could be at any angle when he pokes around. <laughs> Don't know. Was he upside down? Yeah. Is he just like pop out from like the branches <laughs> of the tree, just like 
fully upside down. <laughs> He's been over us the whole time. Yes. We just didn't know. Always watching. Yeah. Always waiting. He is over frog. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you do still have the other Grung prisoner mm-hmm. who is, we'll say, is unconscious still for now because this is all, mm-hmm. this has only been a couple seconds essentially. Mm-hmm. The Grung is going to be the hard one to move. I think the rest we could actually even get Mango to carry back for us. We can wrap him in a cloak. Yeah, I have an extra set of clothing. Okay. We could kind of use that. Because Grung being small creatures, Val's willing to use her extra set of clothes, like kind of wrap it up. Oh, and actually put it on Mango's mm-hmm. saddle, because that's like an extra layer mm-hmm. of protection. Mm-hmm. Sounds like at least some people are going back to your guys' camp, where you know your potion smith, Etris, is caring for the one person you've already discovered and brought back. No, just thinking about it, I feel Val. If you would go back, you would stay there. <laughs> me, Val, <laughs> Val, me. No, <laughs> there's time to study this magnificent creature later. Self, I appreciate you know me very well. Do you mean the tiger? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just, <laughs> just thought I'd clarify. Well, Val would probably also think that Grung is a magnificent creature as well, but yeah. it's, a little, it's a little embarrassing to say oh, that thanks. in front of Jacker. Thanks, Val. <laughs> and you already checked out the one Grung. So. Yeah, you know. Jacker, you've got enough of an ego boost already. <laughs> yeah, Val would not say that out loud. Dangerous. Dangerous words. Yeah. Cass, I would suggest you and I take the people back to the caravan and you help maybe gather some reinforcements because I... If there's people penned up, we need to save them. I agree. And, you know, I I appreciate you, <laughs> but it sounds like the other choice is a stealth mission. And I know myself, I am not the one to go on a stealth mission. And I will kindly say that you are also not the person to go on a stealth mission. <laughs> it's okay, Val. You don't have to sugarcoat your words. I was planning on going back and staying there for a while anyway. There's people that need this treatment and they need to be watched over and like you said reinforcements need to be gathered and made ready so mm-hmm. i'm happy to you have the most sway with the caravan guild and everybody so if anyone's gonna have them come with us it would be you wait why do we have to save all the people that sounds like a lot of work yes i let you take this one okay, I, mean, <laughs> I see why you would have the need to ask that checkers <laughs> But you can't say that as a former city guard, Cass. <laughs> no, they are still people checkers. De-escalation. And well, well, yeah, but they're like, if we do not save them, I don't know that anyone will. And we cannot leave them to this fate. This is like that whole gilder adventuring thing, right? Like you save people and you make them happy and whatnot. Is that what this is? <laughs> <laughs> no checkers. This is our duty checkers. Yes. Think, Maybe think, the gilder has something to do with it, but as it this way, if you were in the pen, would you want to be saved? No, of course I wouldn't. I'm the one who got in the pen in the first place. It's my fault. Why would I expect anyone else to save me? Well, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that somehow went maybe worse. I think. Mm-hmm. But we still have to try, checkers. And then and I so, steal, and then I steal the fruit, right? Yes. Then you steal the fruit. But all right, fine. We'll save the people, and I'll steal the fruit. Fine, fine, fine. So, so if you're staying just here with at checkers, other. yes? I will stay here with checkers, okay. yes. Okay, thank you. Keep an eye on himself. I will try. Val and Kaskrin are both, are the two ones headed back with Mango. Yeah. Is anyone carrying anyone you kind of specifically, 
there's a tiger. I have literally been checking my inventory this whole time, seeing how much weight I could carry. Probably not a tiger worth. No. Could I? It's a maybe, large creature. Can Mango carry both a large and... Mango's a medium-sized creature also, mm. and he only has 14 strength. So he's not any... Much stronger than yeah. that. A male tiger, uh, according to Google, is between 200 and 680 pounds. Oh, okay. That's way less than I thought. He could, he, Mango could drag the tiger. I can actually just carry that. Really? I'm pretty sure. It, your carrying capacity is your strength But it's also a 15. dwarf. I'm not slowed down when I'm over-encumbered. So, I so you're can, carrying the tiger. I can, I can just, like, drag it. Cool. Do we need to be doing this, though? There's, I mean, I respect this tiger, but there's also, like... Yes, we need uh, to save the tiger. Okay. Oh, we have to save the people. Oh, we have to save the tiger. I see how it is. <laughs> the three of you guys are able to, between either any number of trips or what have you, to make your way back to the caravan and to your wagon in particular. Mm-hmm. Val, can you go get Brainar? I think he'll want to know that we have some new arrivals. I am willing to do that. I'm just wondering why I am doing that. Because I'm carrying a 600-pound tiger on my shoulders and it's very heavy. Okay, so it's... I will drop off a body weight address. Cassidy's just like straining under the weight of dragon. It's like, like, Val, please go get Bradar. You can hear his rattling in his armor as he's struggling. Yes, I'm going to get Bradar. I'm on it. But Val does stop by our wagon, drop off of another body. And you guys haven't been gone for crazy, crazy long. You see Atris is there, and he's kind of humming to himself <laughs> as he's fussing over the tiefling that you guys rescued mm-hmm. earlier in the evening. Uh, what do you do? How do you approach? Val is holding one of the mortals, probably the human one. The lightest one? Yeah, the lightest one. <laughs> yep. Val is not very strong, and she's probably like fireman's carrying it. And so she, as she approaches the wagon, she will kind of do that like whisper yell of like, Atris. Wow. Uh, uh, oh, hi, um, ho. Uh. So we found a lot of things in the woods. I see at least one thing that you have found. Yes. Mango and Cass are also on their way. Cass has a large feline creature coming. All seem to be suffering from the same thing the tiefling is. My first task is to go get Brainar. The trail master? Yes. Okay. I do have many follow-up questions. I would like to state that first and foremost. I guess my main one, vis-a-vis large feline creature, is it like of the four-legged variety? Is it like a two-legged? A Four-legged. Peg-legged. Okay. Got it. Good to know. Is it unconscious? Yes. Okay, that's good news. I think we can all agree that that is good. I'm not really one to quote-unquote play by the rules and regulations and code of ethics, but I do think that we should tell someone that we're bringing all these bodies and there's all this other Mm -hmm. whatever's going on. So, okay, you leave this person here, send Kaskarin and the packages, he winks at you, (laughs) along... Fourth width. Will do. And Val will point in the direction of Kaskrin and just cast Mind Link and telepathically tell him, like, Etris hasn't been informed. I'm going to get the Trailmaster. I'll be right back to our wagon with him. And you just hear in your mind, there, kitty. Nice, <laughs> kitty. Please don't wake up. 
You like turn back and Etris is already gone and you hear from the back of the wagon a bunch of cursing and ripping open of bags of clinking of vials. Well, all right. I've never seen a big old little cat thing. I mean, I've seen kind of like a medium-sized cat thing. Very interesting. And is already trying to get together what you presume to be a combination of healing poultices and maybe big game tranquilizer. Val will... Most people are asleep right now. So she's going to do that thing where, like, she's not trying to cause panic with the speed that she's running. Yep, got it. Again, because, <laughs> yeah, there is, are people on watch, certainly. Yeah, but she she is moving. <laughs> yep, yep, that seems right. This is a long caravan, and you guys were not near the front. So you have a ways to go, especially because everyone wants to stay on the road because of its natural arcane protections. Mm-hmm. It's not fully single file, but it's pretty close to single yeah. file. So you're going to be moving for a little bit of time. Kaskarin, are you starting to clink and clang your way over? So, sorry, one second. So, mm-hmm. Mango has the two people, but one of them is set with Edris. So, I was carrying one of okay. the mortals. Okay. Probably not the dwarf, because... Yeah. They're dense. They're dense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so, Edris has one, and then Mango has the grung and the dwarf on his back. Yeah, okay. And then you have the cat. Yeah. Kaskarin takes one last look at this large tiger and lifts an eyelid just to make sure that it's still unconscious. Because he can only imagine what would happen if this thing woke up. On your back? On my back, (laughs) in a caravan full of sleeping people. It does that, like, classic, almost Jurassic Park-y moment of, like, you open it and then there's the musical stinger and it looks like the eye is looking directly at you for that split second and then it kind of rolls back into its head. Satisfied that it is (laughs) truly unconscious, he will leave it for the time being and head further into the camp. He knows Val already went to see Etris, so he's going to make his way towards the front of the caravan where he knows the trail masters are. You're essentially leaving Mango behind with the others that you've brought with you. Yeah, I'm going to leave Mango behind with the others as well. I can't believe you've done this. (laughs) (laughs) Kaskrin gives Mango one last fond pet on his before little, the tiger yeah, kills him. his little his little eyeball and <laughs> oh god could you imagine how terrible that would be his little little round round eyeball is like you did a good job today mango mango looks very happy and then you start clanking your way to catch up with val what are selv and checkers doing during this time Checkers. Uh, I'll ask Sel first. What, what are you doing and saying? Yeah, I, I guess I took the initiative. No, on that one. no, it was one of those where like I felt like Sel was gonna make sure he was as in control <laughs> of the situation as he could be. So I wanted to re-emphasize that I specifically wanted to start with you. Mm, checkers. Uh, do you play chess? Uh, I'm just trying to think of <laughs> what Checkers know of chess. I don't know. Um, Backstory-wise, you spent a little bit of time in a city, right? Yeah. Like, the last six months have been in the orphanage, so they would have played checkers. And you were training if for If you were trained with, with oh, Sel, yeah. you've probably seen him at uh-huh. his chess set, but yeah. I don't know if you've actually played with him or not. Oh, you mean that weird thing with the, the square board, like the white and the black and the little pieces? Yes, that one checkered board. Yeah, I, I think I played it once. Good. I look forward to playing you at some point. I was fully expecting you to just whip out a chessboard right <laughs> oh, he's, No, he's got, he's got it, but Selv is on watch, technically. We are not playing chess. I, no, I watch. literally thought you were going to just be like, all right, well, we're playing a game of chess checkers. 
to distract you yeah. from, going, from that's, running that's, off I was 100%, and eating I was, I was leading that way, yes. But then I'm also thinking we're on watch. But actually, Self will take it out, not necessarily to play, but to maybe just show what the pieces do and give a brief explanation, which I am sure checkers will be slightly nodding off <laughs> during Paying it. rapt attention, no doubt. I feel like checkers might actually see what Self is trying to do and just <laughs> play along for the time being. He's like, I know I'm not supposed to run off. I see that Selv is trying to distract me yep. with the explanation of all these chess pieces in the middle of a forest and be like, all right, Selv, you win this one. What's the horse do? So, <laughs> this is the Knigget. It moves in an L shape. I like that Checkers is savvy enough to be like, I get it. <laughs> I respect it. I'll play your game, but know that... I'm, I'm, not, I'm, t- I'm taking that fruit. I'm, right. <laughs> I'm not trapped in this game with, with you. You're trapped in this game with me. Right. As you guys are keeping watch, occupying your time while staying alert, you only see this camp wind down even further. There are still Grung who are keeping watch, but you see more and more start to settle down. Remind me, do Grung have any special sleep-based rules or anything along those lines? You just sleep. Yeah, they just sleep. Cool. Selv, what is oh, your... I, hey, go oh, ahead. The other thing I would ask for is maybe at some point, Selv will just say, maybe if you get up in the tree and count how many there are on patrols so we know who's awake, how many are up. You sure I'm not going to run off, Selv? <laughs> I say with a mischievous with a smile. Big, big shit-eating grin. <laughs> I, I can catch you. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll go Maybe count. the only person <laughs> at this juncture who could. Checkers is going to, after the excellent explanation of the chess pieces and their rules, he is going to jump up into a tree and start to count how many might still be awake and just generally see how many are in the camp in total. There's about five or so who seem to be kind of stationed, looking in every direction, more or less. They're very spread out, and each of them has a little torch that is set up next to them. There, Probably a lot of them are literally just sitting on stumps. It's not high alert, sure. let's say. I could give you exact numbers, but I'm being just flippant and whatever. Mm-hmm. Again, dozen, dozen and a half extra grung, so it's a good number. Not a huge amount, but a solid number. And you see a huge variety of different colors. Again, a lot of them kind of have predominant colors as opposed to being uniformly one. So they have kind of interesting highlights around their eyes, around maybe some fingertips, that kind of thing. But greens, you see a little bit fewer, and this is in descending order of frequency. So you see green is the most, then blue, then purple. And then there's a couple of red ones, a couple of orange ones, and then, of course, the one chubby, fat lead head grung Mm -hmm. who maybe based off of especially what you know about how at least your tribe of grung is structured, the words high overlord were being thrown around. That seems probably this individual. But again, there's only one of that gold guy. Sounds good. So I'll take a few minutes and just keep an eye on things. And then after that point, go back down to Selv and just relay, well, the camp's not really that big. Maybe 20, 30, yep. grung, five or six of them on watch, actually. Kind of a pretty low-key watch over there. Not really a lot of paying attention going on. Good. Yeah, this is going to be real easy. 
We're leaving in all of that pause. <laughs> As Steve and Sophie just make eye contact yeah. yes. across the table. Uh, speaking of. One part of it will be very easy, right? Very <laughs> different definitions of the word easy. Yes. We will snap back to the caravan. You guys have passed scores of wagons at this point. Kaskrin has probably caught up to yeah. Valeska at this point and is thinking out loud a bit. Valeska, I don't actually know that we can call this place safe anymore. The Grung are only maybe a thousand feet off the road. Do you think we can even stay here for the night? I think we can stay for the night, but we need to deal with the Grung now. Otherwise, next time this caravan comes through, it will not be safe for them. It might not even be safe for them to pass through. That's a good point. That will be my argument to the trailmaster. I can understand he would be hesitant to have any of his guild members come and assist us. But if he and his guild want to continue leading caravans, they can't do so if a tribe of poisonous grung are trying to take over and hold captive everybody from the caravan. And actually, what you would know, just because you are also, you're pseudo-hired to be mm-hmm. security, but aren't employees, obviously, is that the guild has a solid but semi-nominal amount of paid guards that mm-hmm. they are always on the road with them, and they do not loan that guard out. Mm-hmm. You know that their hired guards have to stay with the caravan. It is our job to make sure that this caravan is safe and that the road is safe. Mm-hmm. We'll see what Brainard can give us. I'll help you do the talking. Thanks, Val. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tyir. Can the gang find Tyir, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com recklessattack, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback show as well as our new Reckless to Snack series, where we eat snacks, hang out, and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. 
we'll just say you guys get to the front of to the front of the caravan and you see up here a couple of uniformed members of the Trailmasters Guild. One of them who is keeping an eye out a little bit out, but also kind of keeping a little bit of an eye on the Trailmasters wagon stops you and just, uh, oh, hold on. Where, where are you going? I make sure that the Golden Tree badge is front and prominent mm-hmm. on my armor. Son, can you get Brainar for us? We have news for him. It seems that the caravan may be in some danger, and he needs to know. He looks down at the badge on your chest and sees that you're a gilder. Even if he doesn't know exactly where you're from, he knows your reputation, I guess. Yeah, uh, all right. Stay here, stay here. I'll see if I can get one of them up. And he goes over to the wagon of the trail masters. It's kind of like a mini camper almost. They probably don't even have too many supplies in it. They probably have their own kind of supply wagon up there with them for kind of them and their guards and that kind of stuff. The guard does a big rap on the door. Then the door swings open and taking up a huge portion of this doorway is a huge half-orc who's looking a little groggily and, uh, again, has kind of this almost greenish skin and this long beard and bald shaved head and kind of looks down blink and just like, yeah, what's, uh, what, what is it? You see him explaining things and this half orc, he looks over at you guys and he nods to his guard and just kind of waves you up. Yeah. What's, uh, what is it? You said you had something that we needed to know about. Yes. Granek. My name is Kaskrin with the golden tree. Mm, this yes. is my companion Val. Uh, good, good evening. We have been patrolling through the woods near our wagon and have come across a race of poisonous frogs. Grung, to be specific, if you remember our companion Checkers, seems to be a similar species to him, Um, but slightly different. I can't say that I do, um, but I believe you. And these are like uh, mortal... Mor- mortal poison frogs? They are. Mm-hmm. They're mortal frogs. And from what we can tell, they are poisoning and... Kidnapping. Kidnapping and controlling other mortals. Somehow, they've gotten a hold of them and are using them to chop down part of the forest near this caravan. And with each verb of kidnapping and poisoning and that kind of stuff, you see Granak's eyes open just a little bit wider and a little bit wider and a little bit wider till they go from mostly closed to way open. And he says, Ugh, oh, um, all right, all right. And he rubs his brow a little bit. Uh, Brenar, uh, you, you gotta come out here. And you see he kind of steps out and the carriage lifts up a little bit with the <laughs> weight of this giant muscle-bound half-orc stepping out. And you see a little bit more awake, but not a lot. Branar Bronze Mace, the trail master who you spoke with earlier in the adventure. He also steps down and also kind of barely clothed. Okay, I heard a little bit of that. Mostly I heard a lot of verbs I didn't care for, of kidnapping, of some other such things. So what can you tell me? Basically, they're small enough now. There's maybe 20 to 30 grung controlling a larger number of mortals 
and they're close enough to the road where we think if we do not deal with them now, they will be a serious threat to any future caravan. I don't think that there's any people missing yet, but it's only a matter of time until there are people from this caravan or the next that may fall victim. I wish I had better news for you, Brainar. I know this is not the news you want to hear. No. Okay, and Granak, who is more fully awake now, is, uh, okay, do we know where they got these? Like, are these people they've kidnapped? Are they from our caravan? Do we know? No, not that we know. And he turns to one of the guards, has there any been any missing reports of anyone? And the guard's like, I haven't heard anything. I'll ask, I'll ask. And he scurries and kind of at least starts asking some of the mm-hmm. fellow guards to start asking around. To echo Kaskrin, they don't appear to be anybody from our caravan. Their dress is very, uh... This is the part that we don't know, but their clothing is very bright and colorful and not of a fashion that I've seen anywhere. On this continent. But regardless of where they're from, they're still mortals. They need our help. They need to be saved. Granach looks at Brenar with like a kind of meaningful look and Brenar nods and he's like, okay, are they going to attack? Are they going to attack us? Do they know? Do, do you know if they know we're here? Selvin checkers are watching their camp to give us a heads up if they move this way, but I don't think there's an imminent attack from them. <sighs> okay, so look. I like the spirit a lot. I respect you adventuring guilders. We wouldn't be able to do what we do without you guys. And we wouldn't also be doing what we were doing if we didn't value people. We do it to make sure people get where they want to go safely. For new lives, for new opportunities, or just to visit friends. I don't care. Whatever they want to do, we want to make sure that it happens. But I... I am not allowed to leave the road. I have to stay with the caravan, and so do my hired guards. So, what I'll tell you is that I support you, and I'm behind you guys, and once we get to the crossroads, I'll send word to the other trailmasters, and the guild will definitely send people. But also, if you're wanting to Go off tonight. I can point you in the right direction to get some other people. You got to understand, I, I got to protect these people, the people I have now. I get protecting people down the road, and you can tell, like, this is like the company line, basically. Mm-hmm. But I'm responsible for these people on the road now, first and foremost. I understand, Brainar. I know the position you're in. I know it's hard, and we don't want to make it any harder. If you can point us in the right direction, we can at least ask some people, try not to mm-hmm. cause a panic. How many people are you looking for? Can get at least five more, ten more, mm-hmm. as many as we can. And then Granick steps forward and is like, uh, yeah, I, uh, I have a couple people who might be able to help. Back at the Grung camp. Everything is pretty much settled down, and you guys have now been alone in the woods for, it's been quite a while now. 
There's relatively little activity. But Steve, could you please roll me a d20, please? Sure. One. <laughs> you don't say. One wrong wakes say. up. No. Yeah. Jonathan, you were about to say something. Go ahead. I assume it's probably been about an hour since Kaskrin and Velasca left. Yep, definitely. Checkers probably would have made several suggestions to Selv in the meantime. Like, after maybe 20 minutes of... Oh, that's much longer than I thought. <laughs> 15 fruit. That's all I'm asking. 15 fruit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Selv, the two of us, we could probably take out some of these guards. Make it a little bit easier on the, the back end, right? Like... <clears throat> True, but if they alert, there would only be two of us here. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. But we're just sitting around. Come on, Sal. Frog's got to stretch his legs. What do you want me to do? Just sit here? Mm, honestly, mm, yes. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say that. I imagine Sal was like sitting cross-legged, just like doing that, you know, meditation. partial meditation. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say like is this where self tries to teach trekkers <laughs> about meditating? <laughs> we don't even know when they're going to be back, self. I mean, can I just go take just one fruit? Come on. One for the road. Do you think it is wise? Well, no, but it sounds like fun. So, contentment is the greatest wealth. Where are you guys where are you guys located? Where are you guys keeping watch? Are you in a tree? Are you on the ground? How far back are you guys? Well, I think Selv had asked Checkers to go up and take a look and then come back down. Selv is on the ground for right now. And then maybe every 15, 20 minutes, maybe he sends Checkers back up to take another look, see what's going on, come back down. Yeah, that sounds about right. Only Checkers is trained in stealth currently, correct? Of you two? That is correct. I am not trained in stealth. Checkers, could you please roll me a stealth check for the both of you with advantage to see how good of a hiding spot you guys have? Sounds good. That's not a good number. The second one, ah, a much better number. Much better number. 24 for stealth. As you guys are talking and negotiating, I guess is a good, is an okay word for it, or, <laughs> sure, uh, sure. you know, I'll trying to stretch or uh-huh. buy time or whatever the appropriate words are. You both actually, because you both have high passive perceptions, behind you hear a snap of a branch. Hey, Sal, you heard that right? Yeah, we'll both look in that direction, I suppose. (laughs) Do you have light or anything going? At this point, no, I wouldn't have light. The light spell from Val would have worn off. Cool. Neither of you have dark vision. So even with... The penalties you take for it being relatively dark. Again, uh-huh. there's moonlight and stars and that kind of stuff, yeah. but also a lot of dense trees. Even with that, you guys, your passive perceptions were high enough to see two large lumbering creatures go past you. These are big hulking forms walking around on four legs. Huge paws, big, thick coat of fur, and you see its head extend not into that of a mammal, but into a kind of bird-like face. You also see huge eyes looking around. It is only about 10 to 20 feet away from you. You said there were two of them? Correct. It doesn't see you. At least it's not reacting to you. But what do you do? Can I identify Absolutely. what they are? I would take... Roll me a d20 and keep it a secret. 
what skill it is. Okay. It's an eight on the die. I don't think you would know what this creature is. Other than it seems certainly bear-like, I suppose. Selv would probably try to stay as silent as possible until these things. Oh, Selv would. Oh, checkers (laughs) would. (laughs) probably would. Were you setting up a... Selv would do this. Checkers, though. <laughs> yeah. No, checkers would probably stay as quiet as possible as, as these things are passing by. He's not about to try and make any sound or draw any attention to himself in this situation. And actually, Selv is going to try to, from whatever he can see, note as many details about the creature as he can, because Val's going to ask. Yes, absolutely true. You see these two creatures walk past, and eventually you can see a small batch of grung moving in the tree line you see them start to sneak up towards these creatures. It's just a handful. It's like two or three. Sal, I've got an idea. What's the idea? Well, we should probably warn the creatures that there are grungs sneaking up on them. That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, but that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, we could, but... <laughs> I don't know, I feel like talking to a mythical owlbear yeah. is oh, no, no, pretty no. damn cool. How dare you? How dare you? You don't You don't know. I literally, the reason I paused before owlbear was like eagle bear, and then I remembered owlbears were a thing, and I didn't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> well, you know, I've long been a world-building proponent of like, well, if there's owlbears, every type of of of. Pigeon bears? Yeah, I was going to say, every type of bird can have its own bear. There's a pigeon bear. There's a raven bear. There's whatever you want bear. Ostrich bears. Think of how horrible horrible that would be. Oh, no. (laughs) Why would you bring this curse in Because I love it. I just just want to say sparrow bear. You know, I think our podcast and Avatar The Last Airbender has a very large overlap of of, (laughs) uh, of fandom. So anyway, so yes, you see this happening. What do you do? Oh, and I'll say also, all three of the grung, uh-huh. you can just barely make them out. Again, the dice rolls worked out extremely in your guys' favor for being able to see all of this and for the owl bears not to see this. But you can see the grung actually in the trees, clearly looking to get the drop on these creatures. So we're going to be trying to warn these large creatures that the grung are sneaking up on them and that they should be careful. Yes, how far are we from the owl bears and the crumb? You're probably 20-ish or so feet away from the owl bears now. All right, and the grung? They are a little bit further away. We'll say like 30-ish feet. Okay. But all in the same-ish direction from you. Well, I'll hold up a dart and I'll say, mm, it's a little too far for this, but if you could hit one of the grung to get it to make some noise. I could certainly try. Checkers is going to use the cantrip magic stone to conjure up three little pond rocks mm-hmm. with little frog faces scrawled on them in crayon. <laughs> Excellent. He's going to put them in his hat and he's going to take one out and kind of look at where he thinks the grung are coming from mm-hmm. and approaching them. So he's going to try and just sort of hit some of the branches in that general area and just cause a bit of a racket. Okay, give me two d20 rolls and take the lower, please. First one, 19. Second one, 10. Okay, even if it's not a perfect hit would have no problem chunking off of a branch or something towards them. Cool. Um, ooh, so it doesn't hit a grung, but it makes enough noise that it startles the lumbering creatures making their way 
through the underbrush. They look up, and you can see, even from this distance, you can see these huge eyes look up and see the grung that are in the trees. Surprise, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And you hear a, And we cut back (laughs) to the caravan. And it's been a few minutes. You guys have waited. You guys have been talking you, a you little guys bit. Get back to us. And there's self and checkers just standing there, and a bunch of like dead grog. Yeah. Yeah. The, pen, the pen is open. And we're just like, well, we yeah. couldn't wait anymore. Yeah. We did. We just went ahead and took care of that for you. Val would have, while waiting, just kind of like squatted down, leaning up against a wagon or a wheel, and started drawing in a notebook the tiger. Perfect. <laughs> and taking notes on it. And just jotting everything down. Well, it'll be there when you get back. Will it? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> For both our sakes, I hope so. Kaskrin is used to just standing in one place for a very long time. <laughs> That's true. And so he's just going to stand there and wait patiently. And so the two of you are just still hanging around. Some of the guards have been dispatched. Granak and Branar basically said, like, you guys just hold here. We're asking around. We have a couple people who we think might come with you. Eventually, after a couple minutes, you see a tall elven individual walking up wearing a nice plate armor set, full plate, and has a sword strapped to his side and kind of a small half cape and looks pretty serious and comes walking quickly and briskly up to one of the guards and exchanges a couple words, just a little bit out of earshot of you guys. Granek calls the two of you over as well as this elf. And Granek kind of nods at everyone. He's like, we're still asking around. We'll see. We might have a couple of strollers, but a couple people have agreed to go with you. And he gestures to the elf. The elf nods and looks the two of you up and down a little bit, kind of appraising you both. You would actually probably recognize this, Kaskrin, just as someone who is used to people in authority taking a quick inventory right, of yeah. you. I know he's assessing us, and it's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And looking, buddy. Val would be doing the same thing, but maybe not. I don't know. I feel like this guy's vibe is he doing it in a slightly condescending way. Val's just doing <laughs> yeah. it in a purely scientific yep. way of like taking will this in information. Yeah, you know, Catherine's kind of like giving him that same look. Like if you're gonna come at me with that glare, it's Again, going right back at you, buddy. Catherine, your time as a town's guardsman and all of the other experiences you've had, you know this sequence, I guess, yeah. the sequence of events. The elf gives you both that quick once over with his sharp eyes and sticks out a hand to both of you and says. The name is Yannis Varga, commander of the Verdant Wave Adventuring Guild. I look forward to working with you in Agmar and now. And that's where we'll end the episode, everybody. Mm. Way to go, everyone. (laughs) We did it. You've (laughs) done some things. Congratulations. Thank you all for listening. See you next week. Yay.